you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, masking and socially distancing still, when and where necessary. And welcome to another Monday show. We are most of the way through week six still two games left on tap we will dive into those a little bit later on in the show we'll also have some waiver wire picks and maybe some guys that you might want to trade for or trade away kimmy checks will join me and we will talk about those things but plenty to get to in the show today but before we dive into it as always we'll talk to our faithful producer senior edward l murphy esquire uh murph the the giants they're not gonna go they're not gonna go winless this year there, there's some things to look forward to now they're still in the race in the nfc east uh yeah the goose egg is is gone and it's insane that they're uh they're still somewhat in the race thanks to the the ravens being the eagles um yeah it's it's a weird win because i felt disgusting as it happened i've never felt the worst win ever like it was they should have lost that game to washington um i was expecting jones to play a lot better but you know what after like I thought about it for a bit, the the defense is playing really really well and kept them in most of the games this year. And uh, a lot of those guys, you could tell, are happy. And I'm like, you know what? It's their livelihoods. They want to win those games. I'm not going to get upset over winning it and potentially ruining it, the chances to get the number one overall pick. Um, and I think Joe Judge is, is going to be a really good coach in this league. And to get him off the side's nice. So I I am at peace with uh with, with beating WFT. I was going to ask you about that. I, I feel like you know this year, especially with Saquon going down early, uh, I feel like Joe Judge sort of gets a mulligan on what happens this year. As long as these guys come out and play hard, I feel like you know as yeah. a fan, that that's kind of the most you can ask for right now. Well, without a doubt. I mean, you have to remember too, like new defensive coordinator and a new def- uh, offensive coordinator. You lose your best player. Your your left tackle is a rookie who's struggling mightily. Um, you know, a sophomore slump from a quarterback. Because there's so many things going wrong with this team, and and judges like somewhat managing it and keeping them in some games. They were in the game versus the Bears, in the game versus the Rams, um, in the game versus the Cowboys, and they finally get a win versus Washington. So it's like he's doing everything he possibly can with everything going wrong. So, um, like I said before, I'm finally at peace with this win as, as bad as it looked. Um, I, I think it's good for the team overall. And there are a few winnable games upcoming. So maybe they go on a bit of a run here. Like, who knows? Crazy things have happened. But like, um, you know, this NFC East, man, this is, it's, it's rough. But uh, in a weird way, it's working out. I'd say there are two things. One, the state of the NFC East means that uh, for now, you're, you're totally not out of the race. And two, uh, if it ever gets really bad, you can just look around and say, hey, we're not the Jets. So uh, those, I think, are the silver <laughs> lining for you right now. Uh, yeah. Hey, we uh, are looking forward to this Monday show. We will bring in, as we always do at this time, the one and only Kimmy Checks, who uh, your Chiefs get to fire one up tonight. They got to bounce back. They had the surprising loss last week against the Raiders. So uh, we'll, I know we'll dive into the fantasy aspects of it later in the show, but you got to be excited to see them try to bounce back against a pretty good Bills team tonight. Oh, it is going to be the bounce back game of the century. I have them in Kansas City. I don't know if you guys can see. Got my Kansas City sweater. I'm repping, repping the city. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, my fiance and I made pulled pork uh, on, on the grill. It's like our Sunday thing. We'd like smoke meats and then we watch football all day. And we are very intentional not to make anything that was Kansas City barbecue because the last time I did that, we lost last week against the Raiders. So this time we did North Carolina style pulled pork. It was amazing. So I'm hoping that uh, that just gives all the good vibes to Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the Chiefs. And uh, we'll put up a really good game. But regardless, I think even for fantasy terms and real life football this is going to be a really exciting game against josh allen and patrick mahomes and and just the the offenses that they've been able to run all season long so it's gonna be a fun one absolutely two really big fantasy relevant games tonight with the bills and the chiefs and then the cardinals and the cowboys a lot of fantasy relevant players going in both of those games but first let's dive into some of the fantasy headlines from what we saw in sunday's action we will start with the atlanta falcons 
Julio Jones came back, had been dealing with a hamstring injury, but finally got back on the field. And it looked like Julio Jones, eight catches, uh, over 130 yards, had two touchdowns in the game. The other part of it is, like, we know Julio is going to be Julio, but the other part of it is Matt Ryan ended up looking more like the Matt Ryan we had come to know after being in a three-week slump. So the bigger question is, we know what Julio is going to be. Are we back in on Matt Ryan now that Quinn Torres is back in our lives? Yes, question. Yes, question. I, I think so. I think so. Um, it, it's funny because when we were talking on Sunday's show about Julio Jones, we're like, do we start him? Do we play him? And you made a very good point. You go, we absolutely start Julio Jones because he's going to go out and have a Julio-like game even if he's on your bench. And that's exactly what he did. He got two touchdowns and he helped me clinch a win. But then so did Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had over, I think, 40 fantasy points in some leagues dependent on how we score. And I want to completely bond and be happy because his receiving core is healthy. But then you look at the schedules. Their next game are against the Lions, which that's not a bad matchup. But then they go against the Panthers, who have actually been really tough against opposing quarterbacks. Then they take on the Broncos, the Saints, the Raiders, who just beat the Chiefs, and then back to the Saints. So because of that schedule, I'm a little bit hesitant to fully buy back into Matt Ryan. But based on the performance he had on Sunday, I'm not going to put him on my bench. And I'm happy that he's uh, hopefully going to boost me to a win this week. I think, if nothing else, you know, I, I feel like for the last couple of weeks, Matt Ryan was on the verge of getting dropped by a lot of fantasy managers. So, if nothing else, this probably staves off that part of it. So, you know, maybe he goes to the bench and he becomes a streamer instead of just straight up going to the waiver wire. Uh, the other part of it is, and, you know, this sort of goes without saying, Calvin Ridley still balled out. I mean, as of now, as we're doing this show, he is the wide receiver eight on the week, and that was with Julio still having a big game. So uh, even if you were worried about Matt Ryan and what he's going to do, it seems as though Calvin Ridley uh, is fairly matchup-proof, game-script-proof, quarterback-proof, whatever you want to say, uh, and Julio Jones is going to continue to do Julio Jones things. So at least those parts of the offense you don't have to worry about. Those guys, uh, Ridley and Jones, are set it and forget it. And that's really all we want. We just want guys that we don't have to worry about uh, week after week. Ryan Tannehill might be becoming one of those guys. He had four touchdown passes against the Houston Texans, and I kind of thought it would just be a, an average game for him. The Texans were sort of middle of the pack when it came to stopping fantasy quarterbacks, but Ryan Tannehill went out and balled out, and he has been great this year. Uh, three games with uh, 19 or more fantasy points. Uh, actually, four games with 19 or more fantasy points. Three games with 26 or more fantasy points. Next week, though, a very tough matchup against the Steelers. How much do you trust him next week? Right. So you were, you know, we were just talking earlier. These are set it and forget it type of guys. And that's what you would like to think about Ryan Tannehill, because previous to the last few weeks, for me, he was a streaming quarterback. If I had two quarterbacks in my league, I probably have a quarterback that I'm playing above Ryan Tannehill. And then I just stream him dependent on the matchup. Speaking of matchups, this is not a set it and forget it type of situation going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are not a middle-of-the-pack team like the Houston Texas. They're giving up the fifth least amount of points to, against opposing quarterback. That's only approximately 15 fantasy points. So yes, Ryan Tannehill has been really good the past few weeks. He continually is getting in the end zone and making sure his receivers and his running backs are fed. But I don't really like this matchup, and I think I would temper my expectation and see if I could stream someone else. Part of the reason... I didn't think Tannehill would have a big game against Houston is because I thought it was going to be a huge Derrick Henry game, and it was. I mean, Derrick Henry gave you 264 scrimmage yards, two rushing touchdowns. He had a huge day, by far the running back one on the week, and Tannehill still went out and scored or threw four touchdown passes. So maybe this is more an indictment of the Texans offense or Texans defense, I should say, in a little way. But at the same time, let's let's put some respect on Ryan Tannehill's name. I mean, the guy is going out. He's playing good football. But I am with you in the sense of if I have another option this coming week, I still might be looking that way. As, as many good things as Ryan Tannehill has done, I don't know that I want to mess around with him against the Steelers defense. Now, if he goes out and he balls this week, then I may change that too. I may come on this show next week and say, hey, you know what? Props to Ryan Tannehill. He's an every week start. He did it against the Steelers. Get him in your lineup. But I think for me, this might be the final hurdle I need him to pass in order to say he's going to be a, a set it and forget it guy in my lineup. Another guy who might be set it and forget it right now, Ronald Jones. Rojo and the Bucks just 
pulverized the Packers. They fell behind 10-0 in that game and then just went on a 38-point run, completely shut down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But Ronald Jones may be the bigger story here because he went over 100 rushing yards for the third straight game. I had a couple of touchdowns against that Green Bay defense. And looks like he's starting to take over the backfield. And, and Kimmy, in August... If you wanted to start a fight amongst fantasy analysts, you would just get them in a room and ask for their projections on Ronald Jones, and you would just have an all-out brawl. He looks like the guy there. So my question becomes, what should we do if we have Leonard Fournette on our rosters? I think if you do have Leonard Fournette, this is a situation when you want to look at your league and say, who could I get a trade for to get Leonard Fournette off of my team and see what value I could get in return? Now, this situation, it's funny because, you know, when I was looking at this situation and thinking about it, I very much feel like this is going to be the type of situation and scenario of what we see in Kansas City with Le'Veon Bell now joining that running back team where we have CEH, who is the, the clarified number one back in that offense, but then you have a new guy pop in and then all fans fantasy managers and all of football scrambling saying, what is the production going to look like? Who's going to be the number one back? Are they going to split carries? What is that production going to look like? I absolutely think this is the exact scenario what happened in Tampa Bay. Ronald Jones was the presumed number one back, right? Then Leonard Fournette joined the team and then everyone scrambled and everyone was like, get rid of all of your shares of Ronald Jones. <laughs> Leonard Fournette gets banged up. Ronald Jones goes out and he shows that he absolutely deserves to take over that number one spot again. So it's funny because I just always try to bring everything back to the Chiefs, but it really is kind of a scenario where, you know, we're, we're freaking out about Clyde Edwards-Alaire and, and what's going to happen with, with this Le'Veon Bell situation. And I want to look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and have this be the case study. I think Ronald Jones, this may be a set it and forget it type of guy like we were just talking about earlier. He also was my Sunday fun day player that I guaranteed was going to get over 25 <laughs> fantasy points. So that's a pat on the back for myself. Um, but with this Leonard Fournette situation, I absolutely think you should see what you can get out on the market for a trade and see what you can return back with in value. I do think, I mean, I think at some point you probably are trying to trade Leonard Fournette. You might end up having to wait a week or two because uh, right now you're not going to get much for him. Maybe if he comes back and he has uh, some decent production, you can get more for him. But look, I, I was in on Rojo this offseason. I will admit that at some point my faith sort of wavered after Leonard Fournette got there a little bit. Bruce Arians kept saying that Ronald Jones is our guy, but, you know, Bruce Arians has not always been the most forthcoming when it comes to talking about his running back situation. So that was not really a, a vote of confidence for me. But he's played well. Uh, again, three straight games with more than 100 rushing yards. He's bulked up. He looks like a better player. I know he worked with Tom Brady on his pass-catching skills. And he's the RB12 as of right now, which means he is a running back one in 12-team leagues. So... Uh, I feel like it's time to, to sort of buy in. On the other side, Aaron Rodgers had been balling out until yesterday. Uh, he had a couple of interceptions, a pick six, the third pick six of his career, which is sort of amazing that Aaron Rodgers has been playing in a league this long and has only three pick sixes in his whole career. But uh, with what we saw from him yesterday, should we be worried about Aaron Rodgers or is this maybe just the Bucks defense being good? I think it's the Bucks defense being good. It's also a really tough matchup, right? I think if you, you know, you look at the situation, it's Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, arguably two of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I think there was a whole different mentality and a whole different tempo for that Tampa Bay Buccaneer team and for and for Tom Brady to be at home in Tampa and really want to assert the dominance of I am the GOAT and I'm going to beat your butt, Aaron Rodgers. So one, I think that happened. I also think it's completely normal for a quarterback to go on an insane run and have an off game. That's exactly what it looked like. It didn't seem like Aaron Rodgers was fully in the mindset that he could be, you know, the quarterback that we've seen all season. However, do not hit the panic button, especially with more teams out on a bye week and some injuries taking, you know, over some changes at the quarterback position. You would be a fool to not start Aaron Rodgers or to hit the panic button and try to trade him away. Yeah, look, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, is fine. I think everything is going to be okay with him. The the problem is, look, that Buccaneers defense is just not one to be trifled with. And this is the thing that really went back to last year. And I kept saying this, that the Bucs defense last year wasn't a bad defense. They just had a quarterback that put them in bad situations. This year with Tom Brady, they don't have that worry as much. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Tom Brady's not going to throw 30 interceptions or their backs are not going to be against the wall consistently. So, I, I look, it was a bad day for Aaron Rodgers. I think you just shake it off as that he's still a guy you're going to start pretty much on a week-in, week-out basis. They're going to be fine. This just was an off week. 
and I really wouldn't panic all that much. So there you go. If you had any concerns, if you were starting to get a little nervous, don't be. Now, you know, if we get a couple of weeks into this and things still look sort of ragged, then maybe we have this conversation again. But for now, uh, this was merely just a speed bump in the road. Okay, today's show is presented by DraftKings, a leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. So download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's time for Performance Ready, presented by Castrol Edge. And as always on Monday, it's time for Checks Marks the Spot, where we pick three guys. And Kimmy lets you know how she feels about what they did this past Sunday. So last week we did a breakout or fake out. We're going to keep that train rolling again this week with three performances from week six. The Andre Swift finally did what people had been wanting from him since the time he was drafted by the Detroit Lions. We had seen so much of Adrian Peterson, but finally Swift had his moment in the sun over 100 yards. Uh, he had a pair of touchdowns and you know, part of it maybe because people were saying Matt Patricia's job was on the line there in Detroit. The Lions get a big win. So is this the beginning of something good or is this a smokescreen? Is this a breakout or a fakeout for DeAndre Swift? No, this is a full breakout for DeAndre Swift. And yesterday we saw all of us rushing to try to get every single share of DeAndre Swift and in the starting lineup. Now he had a pair of touchdowns, two touchdowns yesterday. And uh, I just want to, I want to riddle off some stats before yesterday's game. So before yesterday's game even happened and he put up 116 rushing yards and that pair of touchdowns, he was seeing the most amount of red zone targets this season amongst all Detroit running backs. And the second most uh, amount of red Red zone zaps, red zone snaps, excuse me, this season amongst Detroit running backs. That is exactly why you want to have this guy in your starting lineup. I absolutely think this is not a smoke and mirrors type of situation. It goes to show that the rookie is absolutely ready to be fantasy relevant and is trusted to get the ball in the end zone, which as a fantasy manager, that is what you want because it means points, 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 and more points. So I absolutely am fully bought into DeAndre Swift. I'm excited to have him in my flex spot and starting from here on out. I wasn't totally sure what this backfield split was going to be coming into the season. And you know, with them adding Adrian Peterson, I mean, who knew what was going to happen? And I was surprised that AD was getting as much run early in the year as he did. But we started to see Swift slowly get more responsibility in the offense. He's been the pass catching guy, especially down near the end zone. Now he's getting carries. He's still splitting time with Adrian Peterson, but hopefully uh, that starts to shift more toward the younger guy than the older guy. And he starts to get more work because I think he's incredibly talented. I think he's he's arguably the best overall back in this draft class this past year. So uh, I'm with you. I, I think this is the beginning of something good that maybe they start phasing him in more, phasing out Adrian Peterson a little more, and that uh, this is the beginning of something great for DeAndre Swift. All right. Rob Gronkowski scored his first non-Patriots touchdown on Sunday. Five <laughs> catches for 78 yards and the score. We had been sort of worried about Gronk. I mean, as of a couple of weeks ago, we were advocating that you just drop Gronk because it looks like it might not work out for him. But he had the nice game against the Packers. So is he back in our lives? Is this a breakout or a fakeout? I hate to say it, but I feel like this is a fake out for Gronk. I love him as a player. I think he is like the most fun guy in the world. And I will go to every Gronk party that he ever throws once he finally retires for good. But I just don't think that he is a fantasy relevant enough tight end for you to start every single week and to expect that production. Now, OJ Howard is out for the season, right? So that meant good things for Gronk. We were hoping that that may be the case. But then Cameron Brait was in that situation. Yes, Cameron Brait was held to only one uh, reception yesterday so he was kind of shut out which opened up the opportunities for Gronkowski yes I think it helps that Tom Brady is his bestie and they are both Patriots and Tom Brady is going to look to get Rob Gronkowski the ball but again when you are are looking at your fantasy team and the guys that you absolutely want on your squad I know we've said this multiple times today you want to set it and forget it type of player that is not what Rob Gronkowski is as a fantasy tight end I think you should be looking to target guys like Robert Tanyan and Irv Smith Jr. instead because their production is just way more consistent um, over Gronkowski's I think what's going to happen with Gronk is, you know, he will have, there'll be another game or two like this that he has, and, and you'll feel like, hey, man, this is like watching the old Gronk again. But uh, what I thought Bruce Arian said a couple weeks ago was sort of telling is that we're not going to just funnel targets to Gronk. If, if the game script works out, if he's getting open and we can get him the ball, great. 
we're not going to force it. This is not like New England where they ran plays specifically to get the ball in Rob Gronkowski's hands. He's just not that guy anymore. I mean, you know, time has has passed on. He's had a litany of injuries throughout his career that have probably slowed him down. So this was a nice game to have. If, if somehow you started, Gronk, congratulations. But I'm with you. I don't know that this is going to be a consistent thing. So uh, enjoy it while you can. If you can pinpoint when it happens again, good on you. But I, I just don't see this being consistent. By the way, Mike Evans uh, seems to disappear whenever Chris Godwin is around as well. So that's something else to sort of keep in mind with this Buccaneers offense. Last one, A.J. Green last week looked like he was on his last legs with the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody kind of saw that clip of him sort of half-heartedly trying for a pass that ended up being an interception and not really trying to make a tackle afterwards. His production had fallen by the wayside. T. Higgins seemed to have surpassed him. But yesterday, he looked like vintage A.J. Green again, nearly 100 receiving yards and looked like the guy that we were used to seeing for so many years. Uh, so maybe he's turned back the clock? Is this a breakout or a fakeout? I hate to say it, it's a fake out. And I told you, I'm like so sensitive about talking about AJ Green because we talked about AJ Green one of the first weeks of the season. And then I got absolutely roasted in the comments and you went and told me, don't ever read the comments. That is rule of thumb. <laughs> so I'm always very sensitive to talk about AJ Green because a lot of you guys came after me. And yes, he finally had a breakout game. He had 11 targets, eight receptions, 96 yards. He finished with just over 17 fantasy points. This was his best game by far. His second best game was all the way back in week one when he had 51 yards and finished with 10 fantasy points. So yes, he's getting points on the board. But you guys, he is not a, a consistent enough fantasy wide receiver for you to want to start him this entire time. There's a reason that T. Higgins was usurping him in all of that production with Joe Burrow at the quarterback position. Maybe A.J. Green, like me, was tired of getting roasted on social media after last <laughs> week's performance where he didn't even attempt to jump up and catch the ball. So then he wanted to go out and put out a show. I'm happy that he finally had a good game. He got over 15 fantasy points. Yay, all of the good things. Rooting for you, hyped for you. But I just don't trust you enough to keep me to keep you, excuse me, on my fantasy roster and start you week after week. I absolutely think this offense is going to be built around Tyler Boyd and T Higgins instead with AJ Green coming in third. Completely agree with the top two targets in this offense. It is a Tyler Boyd T Higgins offense. This was a nice throwback game. By the way, uh yeah, you know, TY Hilton looked something closer to his old self again. So talk about a couple of veteran wide receivers who have disappointed generally, who you know seem to kind of bounce back a little bit, but I'm not sure that I'm buying into T.Y. Hilton's resurrection and I'm not buying into A.J. Green's resurrection. This is a team in the Bengals that wants to get younger. They want to see what some of these young players can have can do. They've already given the ball to Joe Burrow and pretty much given him the keys to the kingdom. Uh, Tyler Boyd is a younger player. T. Higgins, uh, another young guy. So they want to see what these young guys have going forward. So uh, it's certainly nice to see A.J. Green get back into the mix for nostalgia's, nostalgia's sake. But I have a hard time thinking that this is going to last. And I think A.J. Green is going to end up still on a lot of waiver wires before the season is all said and done. By the way, if you want to vote on which of these performances you think is the most long lasting, I have a feeling I know who's going to win of the three, but yeah, we'll put it out there anyway. You can go to Kimmy <laughs> Checks' Twitter page, at Kimmy Checks, and you can vote on which one of these fake out or breakout guys actually has some staying power beyond week six. And that was Performance Ready, presented by Castrol Edge. Let's talk some waiver wires, shall we, as we get closer to Tuesday when everybody's going to be putting in their claims. Uh, not necessarily a special week out there on the waiver wire, but there are some names that are of interest. Let's take a look at some of the guys who will be the top waiver wire targets this week. Uh, at the quarterback spot, Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, both of them have pretty favorable matchups heading into week seven. Uh, Boston Scott, a name you should keep an eye on. Miles Sanders suffered a knee injury in Sunday's game and with a short week, a very good chance that he will not be available for the Eagles come Thursday night when they take on the Giants. So Boston Scott's going to be a very popular name if this knee injury turns out to be something serious for Miles Sanders. Your wide receivers, Chase Claypool, still available in a surprising number of NFL.com leagues. Keelan Cole, who played very well, has played very well the last couple of weeks for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Travis Fulgham, who is legit, it looks like, in Philadelphia. T. Higgins is still out there as well at the wide receiver spot. And a couple of tight ends, Trey Burton, Irv Smith Jr. Keep in mind, 
Both of those guys, the Colts and the Vikings, are on buys this week. So if you are going after them, it's because uh, you have some depth. You're just looking to make an ad, and you're maybe stashing them for a little bit later on in the season. Just know if you get Burton or Smith, they will not be available to you in week seven. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Travis Fulgham, Kimmy, because the last couple of weeks, last three weeks, actually, he has played very well for the Eagles. They have been hurting a wide receiver with no Alshon Jeffrey, no Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and Fulgham, a touchdown in three straight games. He's had over 100 yards in a couple of these games. Are you buying in to Travis Fulgham right now in the Eagles offense? I feel like I'm fully buying in because even last week, he was another name that was still on the waiver wire. And we're like, oh, the guy's good. He has a pair of touchdowns. Is this just smoke and mirrors? And I think he went out and proved that absolutely not. He had 31 fantasy points in week five. And then yesterday, as you can see, he finished with 19.5 fantasy points. And again, another touchdown on the board. Now, he led the team in receptions and receiving yards while he shared the lead in targets uh, tying with Zach Ertz. Now, the only worry that I do have is that yes, he has been good, but that's because Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey and Jalen Rieger have not been playing and they've been banged up. But they could all return as early as week seven. And that's the only kind of concern I have of, of what does that look like for Fulgham? And is that going to completely limit his role in the passing attack? So that's just one thing that I'm a little bit worried about. But regardless, he's goed out. He's gone out. Excuse me. He's goed out. Please, if you're my <laughs> English teacher and listening to this, I'm so sorry for that one. Uh, but Travis Fulgham has gone out and really proved that he deserves to be a starting wide receiver and have continual production. I understand the concerns about what happens when Alshon and Deshaun get back. I I wonder, though, whether or not the Eagles have looked around and, and said that this guy deserves more of an opportunity. Certainly just reading the tea leaves and, and sort of following along with some of the beat writers in Philadelphia, the feeling is that Fulgham is legit, that he is here to stay, and that there is some talk that he might get some more reps even when those veterans get back and get healthy. It seems like he has earned it. And right now, I would also just kind of throw in the track record of guys like Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson when it comes to their health, just knowing that the last couple of years they really have struggled to stay on the field. And so that, if anything else, might be worth picking up and stashing Fulgham, knowing that even when those guys come back, who knows how long they will be back, uh, before Fulham gets back on the field again. But he certainly played well enough to establish himself and to prove uh, that he deserves more of an opportunity there. Keelan Cole down in Jacksonville, surprisingly, has outscored DJ Chark when it comes to fantasy. Chark was the guy that we all loved. Right now, he's the wide receiver 30. Keelan Cole is the wide receiver 20. So is it about time that maybe we shift our focus to a different guy in that Jacksonville receiving group? This is, this is exciting because Keelan Cole officially outscored DJ Chark, and then he out-targeted the rookie LaVisca Chenault. So yes, I think we should shift our focus just a little bit and realize that very much like you were just saying about Travis Fulgham, that Keelan Cole could be a guy who we need to, to focus on who could be fantasy relevant. He had six receptions, 143 yards, just over 20, 20 fantasy points. Now, you know, I think that this means good things for Keelan Cole, but I also think that this immediately boost the stock and means even better things for Gardner Minshew because it opens up that passing game attack for him to have receivers who he can get the ball to. Now put in James Robinson, who yes, he's a running back, but he's also involved in the passing game. This Jacksonville's Jaguar offense continues to be really exciting and fun to watch and also really fun to root for. So Keelan Cole, if you're a fantasy manager who was lucky enough to snag him or smart enough to, to start him and realize he's the real deal, you should feel really happy about that. And I can see some people people going out and looking to make a trade for him and get him on their squad. I think this is a week where Keelan Cole is going to, to come into play for a lot of fantasy managers when you look at the teams that are going to be on by this week, right? You've got the Vikings that are going to be out, which means no Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson. Uh, you don't have the Dolphins, so no Devontae Parker or Preston Williams. The Colts, I don't think we're starting a lot of Colts wide receivers right now, so maybe that's not, <laughs> that's not quite as uh, imperative. The Ravens are out, so maybe no Marquise Brown. Uh, this week for you. So you could be out there looking potentially for wide receivers. Keelan Cole uh, is going to be a nice option, and he has been a surprise. I mean, we all sort of thought it was going to be DJ Chark that led the way. LaVisca Chenault has been a nice piece, uh, although maybe sort of inconsistent when it comes to his week-to-week -week production. Keelan Cole has stepped up uh, and played well and sort of filled the void. And right now, he is a top 20 fantasy receiver, which means that he certainly deserves uh, at least a little bit of your attention. So 
if you are on the waiver wire this week, Kimmy, which of these guys are you making your top priority? Uh, so my top priority is going to still be Andy Dalton. I think I said that last week as well, just because I think the quarterback position for me is something that I'm really weak on. Now, before, if you would have asked me last season, I was the person who was dumb and went out in the first round and wanted to get Patrick Mahomes and only Patrick Mahomes. And then I spent all my draft capital. Now I've kind of eased up a little bit and I have two streaming quarterbacks that I kind of go in between week by week. I think Andy Dalton, I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do tonight against the Arizona Cardinals because he still does have that strong receiving core. So yes, Andy Dalton is going to be my number one waiver priority. But also, because of this news of Miles Sanders being injured and us still a little unsure of what that timeline looks like for that injury, the guy you mentioned earlier, Boston Scott, is someone who is officially on my radar and I may look to snag. I do think Boston Scott's going to be maybe the most popular name on the waiver wire this week, uh, especially if we get more news about Miles Sanders in that knee injury. Running backs are just so hard to find. Look, there's a reason that everybody went rushing for Alexander Madison last week, although <clears throat> that didn't work out so great. Um, <laughs> four, four points out of Alexander Madison against the Falcons is not what we had planned, but it just goes to show Dalvin Cook went down. Everybody went out to try to get the running back because we thought he was going to get a huge workload. Same thing will be in play with Boston Scott. If there is no Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, you can expect will get a, a quite a bit of work uh, in that Philadelphia offense. Uh, I mean, is there anybody else potentially that I didn't list here that you think are, is worth a shot or, or did we kind of cover the, the list of waiver wire targets for the week? You know, I think we did cover the list of, of targets this week, so no one else that I'm really targeting. It gets really hard when it's this point in the season, because especially with teams out on a bye, even if there's a guy out there that you think may have a potential of someone to go grab and pick up, like earlier you're talking about Irv Smith Jr. and, and, and Trey Burton, Yes, you can go grab them, but they're not going to be able to do anything for you for at least a few weeks because of those buys. So this is where it gets really tricky, and that's why it is so imperative that you do pay attention to the waiver wire earlier on in the season rather than doing a last-minute scramble like I do every single year. <laughs> I know that there are people out there who certainly have, have studied this sort of thing a lot more in-depth than I have, but I think the, the general consensus is if you're going to find a waiver wire stud to carry you through the season, it's probably going to happen within the first two or three weeks. Weeks. At this point in the year, barring some major injury somewhere, at this point in the year, you were probably playing the waiver wire just to find some stopgap options, some kind of bridge players to get you through until your guy gets healthy or gets off of bye or, or what have you. So, uh, again, Boston Scott's going to be popular, but Boston Scott's long-term value probably isn't that great uh, unless Miles Sanders' injury turns out to be way more serious than, than we know about right now. You very well could be watching this show streaming on YouTube at our channel, youtube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. But if you haven't checked it out, you should go like and subscribe. We're putting stuff there all the time, whether it is our show Fantasy Bites, whether it is our streaming shows like this one or NFL Fantasy Game Day. Just have videos and all sorts of highlights and insights and nuggets and all sorts of things to help make you better, hopefully, at Fantasy Football Plus. We just think it's darn fun. So come check it out. Like and subscribe at YouTube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. All right, let's talk about some trade secrets, shall we? Uh, some, some guys that maybe you were trading for or trading away, sort of based it on players who have been you know, either really good, really bad, or maybe somewhere in between over the last couple of weeks. So let's start with Terry McLaurin, a guy that everybody loved coming into the season, started off pretty well. But now there's been a change at quarterback that has left us sort of unsettled. And Kimmy, the talent certainly has not gone away for Terry McLaurin. It's just we're not quite as comfortable with the guy delivering the rock are you trying to trade for him? Do you, do you think you can kind of get him for a, a good value? Or if you have him, is it time to maybe deal him? How are you feeling? Okay, let me start and preface with this. You and I play in a few leagues together. I think yes. you specifically, you have you have proposed trades to me in the past. <laughs> I say no to almost every single trade because I am a trade chicken. So yes, I'm going to give you the answers on these guys, but I'm also kind of going to lean on you a little bit because I get so incredibly in my head of one, being scared that I'm going to be burned, two, making a tra that, trade that is like so incredibly silly that it just has absolutely no value for me in the long run, or I go and trade for a trade <laughs> Way a guy that I should have should have held on to. So let me just start by saying I am a trade chicken. I am sorry. I just I'm gonna try to shake it <laughs> off and get out of my head and try to improve moving forward. 
But let me start by focusing on Terry McLaurin and give you my opinion. And then I'm flipping it right back on you, Marcus, because I trust you on this one. I think that this is the time to trade away Terry McLaurin. Yes, I understand that Kyle Allen has now taken over as the starting quarterback for the Washington football team, which kind of raises some concern on Terry McLaurin's performance. Terry McLaurin has been very like, meh, all season, right? He had a better game this week against the Giants than he did in week five and that game against the Rams because the Rams defense just absolutely tore through the Washington football team. But the reason why I think you could trade him away and look to get some potential value back in return is because of the schedule for the Washington football team. They go up against the Cowboys, which defense we understand has been abysmal all season. Then they have a bye week. Then they go back up against the Giants. Then they take on the Lions and then the Bengals. If you look at all of those teams, those teams aren't great against wide receivers, which is why I think if a fantasy manager is stretched at the wide receiver position, you could get some potential value back in return. Yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely see that coming. There's, I think that's a good reason. I would say that that's a reason maybe I'm trying to trade for him uh, if I'm shorthanded at wide receiver just because of that schedule. So I think in some ways we're, we're sort of in concert on this one. So I think we're sort of looking at this the same way. Uh, and I think it just depends on, on what your roster situation is. Because if I need a wide receiver, I'm going to try and see if I can get Terry McLaurin on the low low because of those those games you mentioned, the Giants, the Cowboys, uh, you know, the Giants again, the Lions, the Bengals. The schedule coming up is pretty favorable. So uh, I think I think we're sort of coming at this from different angles of the of the same. You know, we're getting different pieces of the same pie, right? Like I think we're talking about this sort of the same way. Uh, but I do think Terry McLaurin is going to be kind of an interesting trade chip. So if there's somebody in your league who's nervous about having him because of the Kyle Allen situation. Uh, then I think you go out and, and make an offer and see if you can get Terry McLaurin at sort of a, a discounted value because at least in the short term, the schedule is very favorable. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I think he's worth having on your roster as long as they can, you know, get some quality targets there. So, uh, you know, hey, I think I think you're on to something, Kimmy. I think I think we, I'm taking we, notes. We're, we're Maybe I'll make my very first trade. Maybe this is it. <laughs> you convinced me. Uh, so. Next up is Brandon Cooks, who the last couple of weeks has been very good. He had kind of been missing in action for a little bit, uh, but he's been very good. Now, I will throw in a little bit of added spice to this by saying there is some talk uh, that the Texans could maybe try and move on from Brandon Cooks, that when we get to closer to the trade deadline, they might try to move him. Who knows what sort of situation he ends up in after that. Uh, are you trading for him? Would you rather trade for him or would you rather trade him away at this point? I think especially dependent on that news, I'm going to trade away and see what I can get back in return. So yes, he's had two consecutive games with a touchdown and over 20 fantasy points. So this may be the moment where, again, if fantasy managers are looking for a wide receiver and they're really, they don't have a lot of depth at that position, this is where you can get some potential you know, value out of Brandon Cooks because these could be his ceiling games. I think if he stays with the Houston Texans, I have my bets on Will Fuller of being that number one receiver for the team team and just the connection that Deshaun Watson and him have had all season. But this is very good for Brandon Cooks and those fantasy managers who have him because you can absolutely upplay his last two weeks of performances and get, get a trade uh, that you uh, feel like you won in the end, if that makes any type of sense. It does make sense. And I'm with you. I think I'm trying to trade away Brandon Cooks. After what we've seen the past couple of weeks, I feel like his ceiling, uh, his value may be up about as much as it can get here because this is, I agree, still an offense that primarily is going to target Will Fuller. I also don't like the uncertainty of maybe he gets traded somewhere else because who knows where that somewhere is going to be, if that is going to maybe torpedo his fantasy production or what have you. So I think this is a situation where I'm going to try and, and move Brandon Cooks and see what I can get for him at this point because I just don't know uh, if it's going to get much better than this. I like him. He just is so volatile week to week that it's hard to count on him. And so I, I, I want to try and get as, mo as much as I can out of him right now. This might be the time to do it. All right, so one last one, a young wide receiver who maybe isn't quite as heralded, and that's Tim Patrick with the Denver Broncos. And I know our own Adam Rank has been on the Tim Patrick train for a couple of weeks now, and he's played very well, maybe kind of quietly, because when we talk about the Denver Broncos, people talk about Jerry Judy. But Tim Patrick stepped up. Is this a time to maybe try to go get him, or are you trying to deal him when the uh, or strike while the iron's hot and try to make a deal for Tim Patrick? trade him away. I 
I feel like on this one, and again, I'm a trade chicken, so I could be completely wrong. I'm always going to preface this with that. I am looking to kind of trade for Tim Patrick and see what uh, and see if I can get someone to give him to me and I stash him on my squad. Because now that Drew Locke has returned at quarterback position, he surpassed 100 receiving yards. Yes, Jerry Judy is a wide receiver one right now, but you also have to, to have to realize Jerry Judy has had some drops. And he has been in some situations and some scenarios where he has very catchable balls and he's not been able to deliver. That's when you then see the offense turn away from Jerry Judy and instead go to Tim Patrick. Now, this is a really quiet name and kind of a deeper name uh, in the fantasy world, but I absolutely think he's someone who is relevant. Now, Noah Fant, the tight end, he's still out uh, with an injury. Once he comes back, I do see them using him as a receiving option, kind of very similar to the way that George Kittle is used in the San Francisco offense. However, I still think that Tim Patrick is going to get production and be relevant. So if I can, I'm going to look to, to trade and see if I can get Tim Patrick on my team. 100% agree. I think I'm trading trading for Tim Patrick. He's had 100 yards receiving in back-to-back games. He's had touchdowns in two of his last three games. And there are some games on the schedule where the Broncos are going to have to throw the football to stay in them. They've got the Chiefs coming up next week. They've got the Chargers. Uh, and then some games that, that the matchups work out well, whether it's uh, you know against the Raiders, against the Falcons. So there are some reasons to think that the arrow is trending up on Tim Patrick. And maybe you can sort of snake him from somebody in your league who isn't necessarily paying close attention. Look, there's a very good chance that in a lot of leagues, he's still on the waiver wire, which is also sort of a, a, a hint. Hey, maybe go get Tim Patrick if he's out there uh, because he's playing really well. But if uh, there's somebody in your league that has him, maybe this is the time to see if you can get him as part of a package in a deal. So see, Kimmy, you, you might be a trade chicken, but you, you, you're you good at this. You, you I'm learning. I'm a trade chicken who's smart. I got it. Maybe, maybe today is finally the day. Once we wrap, I'm going to go. I'm going to go look at my squad and, and start trading and trading away and trading for everybody. <laughs> I will say this, and this is sort of a, a general PSA, because I feel like there are a lot of people out there who play fantasy who are probably trade chickens, and I, it's understandable. Nobody wants to feel like they got ripped off in a trade. Nobody wants to feel like they gave up a good player and didn't get anything back in return. So maybe one of these days uh, we'll find a way to do a show to kind of give you the basics on what to look for and what to think about when you're making a trade, because I suspect that a lot of re reasons people don't make trades is because they are afraid of maybe making that mistake. And uh, it's not always the case that, that it's not as difficult uh, as you think it might be. Okay, inspired by ongoing conversations with players, the NFL, NFL Players Association, and Players Coalition together launched NFL Votes to empower and improve our communities through exercising the right to vote. Join the NFL family by registering to vote today and make your voice heard this November. Visit NFL.com slash votes to learn more. So it's becoming a habit to have a couple of Monday night football games. Uh, we've done this a couple times this year, so let's dive into them. For fantasy purposes, the early one is Chiefs at Bills. This is a game that was postponed and moved to this day. And so for Kansas City, uh, the big news, obviously, for the past week has been them signing Le'Veon Bell, who was released by the Jets. He will not be available for the Chiefs in this game. The earliest he would be able to play would be next week, uh, in week seven for Kansas City. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire is still the lead back for the time being, but he's got a tough matchup on paper against this Buffalo Bills run defense. Are you still comfortable rolling with CEH this week? I'm absolutely still comfortable with rolling with CEH, and I'm going to continue to be comfortable rolling with CEH once Le'Veon Bell still gets into the picture as well. Yes, the matchup on paper today is a little bit tougher because the Buffalo Bills are middle of the pack in terms of points allowed to the running back position. I think they're allowing almost 22 fantasy points, so not the worst matchup, but again, not the best. But this is, this is what I want to remind people, because I think a lot of people saw that breakout first game from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We all bought in. We were on the hype train. And now people have kind of quieted down and, and think that, you know, maybe his fantasy value is not as strong as it should be. Clyde Edwards-Alaire has had double-digit fantasy points in every single game this season. Yes, some of those are a little bit on the lower side, like 12, 13 fantasy points. But regardless, he is still a starting runner, running back and should be starting on your fantasy squad each and every week. I'm really curious to see what happens in Week 7 and once Le'Veon Bell gets into the picture. But Brett Veach and, and Andy Reid and the Chiefs organization, they didn't go out and pick up Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round uh, if they did not want to utilize 
utilize him as their every down back. So I'm rocking with him tonight, and I'm going to rock with him uh, moving forward. He very much is a victim of his own week one success because everybody was expecting the you know 115, <laughs> 120 yards and a touchdown. It would be nice to see him get back in the end zone because he has not scored a touchdown since week one, but his usage rates have not been the problem. Uh, and I do think that he's going to see another game where he probably gets in the neighborhood 18 to 20 touches, depending on how the game script goes. I have a feeling this might be a pretty high-scoring game between these two teams. The Bills have put up a lot of points. We know what the Chiefs can do offensively, but I do think that this is a week. This might be your last week to get Clyde Edwards-Alaire as a true workhorse because it is going to be a little bit of a split load uh, once Le'Veon Bell is in uniform and on the field there. So I think this is a week you give him a shot. Uh, you roll him in. Uh, look at this point. Look, it's Monday. So if you if you if you have another option, good on you. You probably don't, but I do think you can have some confidence in putting him out there this week. Can you have the same level of confidence though about Stefan Diggs? Because I mean, you know this as well as anybody. That chief secondary really is not one to be trifled with. Stefan Diggs has been very good this year with Josh Allen. How confident are you about Diggs against Kansas City? So I love Diggs and Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs have been a pair of my favorite stack in all of fantasy football this season. I feel like every single week, obviously, that's the stack to target. They are going to put points up on the board. But the Kansas City Chiefs are fifth best against wide receivers. Our secondary does not mess around and they're absolutely going to try to shut down Stefan Diggs. I think if you have shares of Cole Beasley or John Brown, you're going to see them a lot more involved in the passing game because Diggs is probably going to be targeted by Tyran Matthews and they're going to look to put a lock on him this entire game. Like you said, this game has the potential to be incredibly high scoring because of Josh Allen and because of Patrick Mahomes. But because of this Chiefs defense, I could really see the game script going away from a passing game and way more favorable of a run game for the Buffalo Bills, which may not mean good things for Stephon Dix today. I'm a little bit worried. I, I will admit to you. I think I'm a, con I'm a little bit concerned, but obviously he's a guy that I'm putting in my lineup and I'm going to hope for some good things. I'm going to hope that they find ways to get him the football creatively. Maybe he can find his way into the end zone once, but I don't expect that they're going to be huge numbers for Stefan Diggs in this one. Now he's had double digit fantasy points in every single game he's played this year, but I do think this might be potentially his biggest challenge that he has faced so far this season. So I'm rolling with it but I don't necessarily have to like it. That's sort of my stance <laughs> on uh, starting Stefan Diggs in this one. All right, let's talk about the Cardinals at the Cowboys. That is the originally scheduled Monday night game coming on later on this evening. Now, the big discussion point for this Cardinals offense has been in the backfield. Kenyon Drake has not been the guy that we thought he would be coming into the season, and Chase Edmonds is starting to come on. So who do you have scoring more points tonight? Is it Kenyon Drake or is it Chase Edmonds? It's not Kenny and Drake. It's not Kenny and Drake. It is 100% <laughs> Chase Edmonds. I feel like you probably agree. It's so funny. Our producer uh, for the show, Hytham, he has tons of shares of Kenny and Drake. And even last week, once Chase Edmonds got into the end zone first, he texted me immediately. Immediately, It was like, no, what is happening to Kenny and Drake? I still feel like Kenny and Drake is droppable at this point, or at least a guy you can put out uh, for a trade, or at least on the waiver wire, because Chase Edmonds is the guy who is getting the production. The thing that I like about Chase Edmonds is, is that he's productive even on limited touches. And the reason he may have limited touches is because we've seen Kyler Murray loves to run the ball. So Chase Edmonds, yes, he can run the ball, and that's where we do see uh, that good production on the limited touches. But he's also getting involved in the passing game a lot more than Kenyon Drake is. So it's for me tonight, it's Chase Edmonds all the way. I'm going to agree with you. I think it is a Chase Edmonds game. I mean, he has generally been the more consistent back. He right now is the running back 30. Kenyon Drake is running back 35. And it's been Drake that has more touchdowns in this one. He's doing it on fewer touches. And I think that has warranted the Cardinals really looking at getting him some more opportunities. On top of it, it's just a good matchup against a bad Dallas Cowboys defense in another game that could very well be high scoring. I think both of these games we're going to have today could end up being pretty high scoring affairs. So uh, I'm with you. I think I'm going to go Chase Edmonds there. I keep saying that this is like the last straw for Kenyon Drake. Every week I'm like, okay, this is it. This is the last straw. This really might be the last straw, right? I mean, like it didn't happen against the Carolina defense. Can it happen against this Dallas defense? And if it doesn't, if he's just average or bad, then it just might be a wrap. I know I keep saying that. And, and who knows? Maybe I'll keep saying it again. I don't know. But I think, I think I'm nearing the end of my rope 
with Kenyon Drake. I'm holding you to it. I'm holding it to you. Next week when we do another recap, I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to ask about (laughs) Kenyon Drake's performance. And if he does not do well, I am targeting you and you have to get him off your squad. Last straw. All right. I know it. I I will abide by that because I was maybe the biggest Kenyon Drake cheerleader in the offseason. And so part of this is my pride, not just just not wanting to give up on it, but I I might have to just, (laughs) I might just have to let go of the rope uh, if, if it doesn't happen tonight. All right. On the other side, the the wheel of Cowboys receivers has spun frequently. So, look, Andy Dalton is the quarterback, but they still have three talented guys and Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup. So if you have to pick one of those three guys, which one do you choose? All right, the guy I'm going to pick may be a surprise because he's maybe not the safest option, but I really do feel something in my gut that he is going to be the best option. It's Michael Gallup, and Michael Gallup always has like a few breakout games every season, but I do think that there could be some consistency here for him in the long run, especially with Andy Dalton starting as the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. When we saw last week after Dak Prescott came out of that game due to injury and Andy Dalton came and took over, in the must-catch situations where Andy Dalton needed to air out the ball to get a first down or to try and keep that game competitive and get a win, he threw the ball to Michael Gallup. He didn't throw the ball to Amari Cooper, who had a really head-scratching type of game where he did not play well or put up a lot of fantasy points at all. Instead, he threw the ball to Gallup. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be the wide receiver, too, uh, just right behind Michael Gallup. But I have this weird gut feeling that Michael Gallup takes a a really good hit, in a way, or or his, his stock rises with Andy Dalton starting at the quarterback position. I'm, I'm going the same way, and yeah, maybe it is kind of a risky play, but what we saw in obviously a limited sample size at the end of last week's game was that Andy Dalton was looking in Michael Gallup's direction, and you know, what, what we still haven't figured out is why it is Amari Cooper played seemingly so few snaps at the end of that game, but Dalton was looking toward Gallup, and so now we'll get a full four quarters of Andy Dalton, likely, as the starter for the Dallas Cowboys, so I'm going to I'm gonna sort of bank on what we saw in limited action last week and say that Gallup is going to be the guy. I, I still think, you know, you, if you've got Cooper, if you've got Lamb, you're starting them because the ceiling is certainly high for all of them. But I just have a sense that Michael Gallup maybe will benefit from having Andy Dalton as the quarterback. And, uh, you know, not that things were bad with Dak, but Dak was going other places with the ball. And so maybe this this helps out a little bit. So two Monday night games tonight. Uh, you're just going to be like locked in on the couch, I would imagine, right? I'm so excited. I'm fully locked in. I told you, I already showed you guys. Got my Kansas City shirt on. I have my two puppies. The fact that we live in LA and football is kicking off at 2 p.m. is like my heaven. So I'm fully going to go get all the spreads and all the food ready and post up, watch my Kansas City Chiefs take on the Buffalo Bills, and then go watch the Cowboys and the Cardinals. Because I still have a lot of guys still going tonight and playing for fantasy. So I'm ahead in a lot of my leagues, but I need a few guys tonight to completely ball out. So uh, it's a good Monday. Night, night. Nice doubleheader of football for me. This is going to be wild because it's not often you have so many fantasy-relevant players going in two. You never have two games or rarely have two games. You have so many fantasy-relevant players. There are a lot of fantasy matchups that are going to swing one way or another by the time Monday night is done. Meanwhile, speaking of done, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, one day your life can really be as awesome as you pretend it is on social media. Be safe, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we will see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.